Please note, in this episode, there are references to some issues which some may find triggering. Please see the show notes for helpful links. Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. It's happening. We are live. Yay! Amazing. <laughs> Please, you cannot swear. You can absolutely swear. <laughs> cool, that's good to we'll know. the explicit sign you see, Courtney, just in case you... Okay, amazing. Uh, it was well established about three episodes in that we were going to require that explicit. I mean, does it make you a bad person? That's, it's about expressing yourself. Exactly, yeah. Sometimes it's natural. Correct. It comes out. And, and... it's all, and it's the one that's needed. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's absolutely fine. So, yeah. Uh, and hence why you're here, not for your swearing. <laughs> Because you're extremely, extremely proficient in expressing yourself in oh, such a beautiful you. way. Courtney Stoddart, welcome to The Bra and the Brave. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you for making the journey. I have to put out there that like, you've actually got on a train to come to Bells Hill. You've never been here before. I haven't. No, my first time in Bells Hill. So it's an honour. never lived. <laughs> Show you the, the sights and sounds of yeah. Bells Hill. <laughs> not... Uh, no, I'm not slandering in Bell Cell. It's, it's the place to be. But um, no, I'm very glad that you're here. And uh, we have, so we have um, worked together essentially, although not directly. I guess the first time we met was the Toonspeak project. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Which we weren't allowed to be close to each other. Yes. Yeah. That? Was that st- that was 2021, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, was still... probably like the first thing that I did really that was in person with people, and and I thought they were really great at keeping trying to keep everybody safe yeah but it was quite i remember it being quite stressful because of that just like keeping the young people safe keeping ourselves safe totally so mm-hmm. it was so lovely to meet you during that project but i just felt as if like the whole time i was like masked up to here and like stressed up to there totally <laughs> totally i think yeah i think it was the first thing i did in person as well i think i think so yeah. from what i remember yeah so yeah uh, no i mean i was really chuffed that they got something out of it, it was they ended up making a film but yeah. climate change and I'd done a bit of choreography and stuff and um, yeah but that was the first time we met and then we got to meet again this summer so it's like three years on or two years on for now I always get this wrong the order of the words UCI World Cycling Championship that's it yeah I was like if I hear it I'll know like, if it's right or not World Championship yeah some, something like that <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm just setting the, the scene in the sense that um, so I'd been brought on to do choreography for the opening ceremony and then had been asked to write the opening uh, toast which my reply to Julie who asked me first was like hello like you've got real poets like Courtney's not that why are you asking me <laughs> oh no i'm sure your your poem was amazing and so. the day that i heard yours like so that day we had to recite or work in front of everybody I just remember being like totally bowled over oh. by your performance and also your words of course but just like well first of all i was like how do you remember that last like, of course you remember because you wrote it but it was like i just remember like because it was about the cycling and i could just see wheels turning like the way that you were performing it and like oh i was so beautifully written oh thank totally. you totally and then obviously like following you online and seeing your work so 
words? Have they always been important? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's one of those things where I think if you'd have told me when I was a child that that would be something that I would be doing, I don't think I would have believed it. Definitely not. Like, I definitely always was kind of good at writing at school, if you want to put it like that. You know, I always remember getting a lot of praise for that in primary and things like that. I enjoyed stories. I enjoyed, um, you know, just being... um, sort of read to by my parents and things like that you know I really I loved uh books and all of that that kind you know storytelling Mm -hmm. essentially but I kind of just fell into doing this (laughs) in a way yeah totally you know so I'd started writing uh properly you know I, I wrote in school and things like that but school didn't go well for me at all after kind of primary school I struggled math well I struggled in school in primary but by the time I got to high school it was just it was a write-off for me I was not you know um kind of coping with school and so I, I think I didn't really get to and I think that's true for a lot of people kind of explore my you know what I'm sort of gifted at I think everybody's gifted at something and I, I didn't get to really explore that at school properly and was uh, that not to try but was that the way school was set up I think I think so. I think it was a mix of um, the school system not suiting me, it being too linear, yeah. and me being someone that's maybe a bit more creative and doesn't. I don't. I still now don't do well with that structure. You know, of yeah. just I need to be able to do what in a sort of um, what I need to do in a day. I can't do the nine to five. I've never been able to do the nine to five thing. It just doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And then I think also growing up mixed race in Scotland, you know, one black parent, one white parent, and um, always feeling on the outskirts of things because of that, being um, experiencing so much racism from a really young age as well, seeing my mum be racially abused. And I think that had, you know, massive kind of um, traumatic impact on me, you know, that I, I didn't even sort of realise until I maybe got to my sort of 20s I had post-traumatic stress disorder related to that and you know and other things that went on in my life as well and so it, it was kind of a, a, a combination I was gonna say a compilation I don't know if that's, that fits but a combination definitely <laughs> of so many different factors you know the sort of complexities of life that made me not like school and not feel I fit in with people and I actually went to four different high schools okay. as well yeah. <laughs> so that's like I think you know yeah you know and it just nothing seemed to suit me and I struggled to fit in and just had all of these kind of um difficulties I think and although I think I was very capable at school I was actually moved up a year when I was in high school you know which just isn't super common and you know I think the teachers really thought that that would um kind of help me and support me and it didn't and in fact it kind of put me on the back foot a bit because I ended up leaving uh like I was skipped my standard grades to do my hires and then I I left just before I did my hires so I left with no qualifications at all you know so um yeah, so that's, that's not uncommon. Yeah, for totally. A for a variety of reasons. I mean, yeah. I have to say, like, I'm so sorry to hear that you went through so much in, in such formative years. I mean, it's any any form of racism at any age is completely horrific and totally. wrong. But to, to know that, like, as well as struggling with being at school and how school's set up and 
to know that you were going through that too. Totally, yeah. And I think there's so much more of a language around racism now. Mm. You know, I'm nearly, I'll be 30 next year. And so there is no like dialogue around it in the way that there is now. And then I think to sort of um, complicate things, my mum was adopted by a white family. And so I didn't have that connection to my sort of Caribbean heritage, you know, coming home and having sort of... um, you know, cultural references to where I came from. So it sort of, it was one of those things where it's like people would make all these references to me being black and, you know, and really sort of, um, you know, speak down to me about that and uh, make all these kind of racist um, assumptions and name calling and all of that kind of stuff. But as far as I was concerned, everything around me was white you know my dad was white my mum had white parents and so the only black person I actually knew was my mum you know but she didn't have any connection to her cultural heritage so for all intents and purposes she you know had a white cultural background Mm -hmm. you know which I I think I don't know if that makes it worse or or better or you know it it was just the way it was you know totally like I didn't have a way to go well, you might think that about me, but, you know, I go to the Caribbean every summer and I know my family there, or, you know, to have to kind of root it into something. Yeah. So it just felt like, okay, so I'm being, you know, um, insulted for this thing that I am, but I don't even know what that thing is, you know? As, as much as it would be very upsetting, it must be really confusing. Definitely. Well. Like, when you're growing up, I mean, God's like, I'm 41 and I'm still finding life confusing. So thinking back to being that age and hormones and totally, it's a lot yeah, wonder. You know, it's just it's rotten to hear that then the school system, in a in a way, I don't want to say failed you because hello, <laughs> look at the person oh, here. Thank you. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but it seemed like it did in the sense that you know you weren't supporting the way that you needed to. And I think like for a variety of reasons, a lot of people will have the same story in terms of like their education wasn't what they needed or absolutely and and i I feel for teachers i mean i've got a lot of friends that are teachers i did an english degree so loads of my mates went on to be teachers and you know some of these people wear capes you know the work that they do but they're also working within a system that is set up like for not everybody in terms of how you learn yeah that that learning aspect and how you create and Mm -hmm. you want to learn and what you respond to and I mean, I think yeah. things are better in schools than certainly when I was at school. I can, I'm in schools and I can see that, you know, people's learning is supported far better than it was if I remember back to some kids that were struggling or whatever. But still, I think there's probably still moves to be made to make people feel more supported. But, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I think the fact that education system's underfunded and just so much stuff, you know, and it's, I think the current modern education system was built to create workers for factories and, you know, um, who will just uh, submit and, you know, to authority and things like that, you know, fit in a box, exactly, you know. Like, you need to pick what you're doing for the rest of your life chat i'm yeah. just no down for that totally totally <laughs> i mean great if you think that you want to be a vet and that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life brilliant like mm. go and be a vet absolutely but for the people who don't know what they want to do or they're interested in a lot of things i find picking subjects and picking career paths really early on like quite a scary process yeah i mean i think to suggest that someone that's like 15 16 17 18 is gonna know what they want to do for the rest of their life is quite ridiculous like considering I mean I don't know anybody (laughs) that 
you know, had that idea. Some mm. people do, but I'd say it's more of a minority, you know, yeah. um, who who maybe know exactly what they want to do and end up actually pursuing that mm. thing. You know, I think it's quite rare. Yeah. So you're leaving school then, as you say, no qualifications. What did you have a plan of what you would like to go and? No, <laughs> no, and and you know, my from from me being um sort of 15 till when I was about 20 my my journey was you know really challenging you know um I got involved in a lot of really awful things you know abusive relationships and um yeah you know it's taken me a long time to heal from those things and I I didn't go down a um a sort of path that was (laughs) um you know, that sort of traditional pipeline of school, university, you know, and I know many people don't go down that, but mine veered wildly <laughs> from that, you know. And, and did, did you have aspirations to go and to study or anything? I don't even mean... Like, yeah, I mean, I, literature or... I think... I'm sort of trying to think back. I think I was so consumed with just trying to get through every day I I couldn't see that big picture for myself at all and you know my sort of relationship with my parents had very much broken down by the time I was 14 and you know I was just so um I think I was just so traumatized by that point I was so damaged that for me to try and do normal things (laughs) was just you know I mean really looking back I um, I feel so, um, you know, so much empathy and, and you know, sympathy for where I was then because I just, I literally wasn't able to function so Dan, normally. Like, like, I mean, I, I don't, didn't know you then and I hardly know you now. I mean, it, like, was, it was awful. Yeah. It really was. Lot, yeah, so. totally. Um, and I, I think it just, you know, I so obviously when I, I left school um, at sort of 15, had to wait till I turned 16 before I could actually get a job and, ended up um going into like hairdressing which I think was quite good for b- the sort of creativity but very shortly after that you know I met a guy and left the uh, hairdressing and you know he was much older than me and yeah. turned out to be abusive and you know shortly after that um you know I was in that relationship and you know drugs were involved and you know it was just chaos my life was just constantly descending deeper into chaos you know and um I then ended up in another abusive relationship and, um, you know, that, that man ended up going to prison for, for things that he did to me, you know? So it was like, and this was all by the time I was 18, you know? So it was like a lot, a lot at such a young age, I think, that just, um, you know, I, ha- I had to dig really deep to just continue yeah. with life, you know? And my mom, she always says, like, you know, I didn't know if you were going to make it. Because you were just, you know, I was, no, I was beyond help. You know, I had to find yeah, a place within myself. Broke down at that point. Yes. That yeah, that must have been very difficult for both of you. But you know, as your mum, to know that you were going through things, or to what extent she knew. Totally, yeah, yeah. And I think, um, you know, I think she, she'd had, you know, she had an idea, but obviously didn't know the extent mm. of everything. You know, and um we had to very much kind of rebuild our relationship and you know my parents I you know are amazing people and always I know loved me very dearly you know it was just at that I think sometimes you you have to help yourself yeah. it was all very uh difficult <laughs> at that what time like so to the extent that I know you now it's purely 
in terms of your work as a poet, but like, I'm like, geez, oh, is there solace in words? Is that, is that how you found? Absolutely. Words? Absolutely. It's like talent. Yeah. Assembly. <laughs> Thank you. Of the world. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think for me, um, how I found my, my poetic, uh, voice was um you know a- after I'd obviously been in these difficult relationships and you know I-, I ended up in very difficult situations um uh just trying to to find myself you know and you know at this point I you know was struggling very much with drug addiction and you know ended up working within prostitution and you know it was really when I say a dark path it, it really was that and I remember having bought this notebook and I just still don't know why I bought it because I didn't really need it <laughs> but I bought a notebook and I'd actually been sacked from one of the places that I was working because again this trauma that was just building in me and then also from from the abusive relationships from all the violence from things that happened to me you know it um, doesn't take a lot of imagination to imagine you know I was 18 19 in prostitution that's a horrific place to be and so I um I had been sacked from this place that I was working and I don't know where it came from it was almost a a transcendental Hmm. experience but I I was crying because I was like I've got no way to make money I'm trying to fund this drug habit I'm you know in this like depths of despair and I just um picked up this my my pen and the notebook and I just started writing like it was crazy and I think I must have written like 15 poems I didn't even know I wrote poetry (laughs) at that point but I just and it was um you know my poems are very rhymey you know I love rhyme and it was all of these rhymes and you know and I'd never done any written like that before but it was just flowing out of me you know it was like I sort of unlocked something within myself like it was a very powerful kind of transcendental experience you know I don't want to be upset like you're being so open in such a safe space please let me tell you like at any point this is we, we can stop yeah, no problem, I, I, no problem. I hugely appreciate you being so No, open. thank you for listening. But that <laughs> sounds just, I mean, massively cathartic, I would imagine, at yeah. that moment. But like, yeah. otherworldly almost. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, yeah. it was. It was, like it was... Scene, I mean, I mean, I'm... From like a film or something. I'm playing your life as a film. But, yeah. you know, not to trivialise it in any mm. way, but that's, yeah, I've just got these visions. It was, it was like a serial. person being mm. through so much in such a short period of time and just finding your voice on the page absolutely I mean yeah it was and I've you know never really stopped writing great since thank then goodness <laughs> thank goodness yeah and I think you know that's one of those things where I, you know I was saying it's like everybody is gifted everybody mm-hmm. has something that they are just good at you know and and I think for me it was like all of a sudden I found this thing that I was like I actually love this like I love it like it excites me and you should have that absolutely and everybody does it just takes sometimes time to find that and cultivate that and you know and birth that from within you you know um but yeah it was just you know and I was sort of sharing it with my friends they were like oh my god this is so good and so I suddenly found like oh my god I've got this thing that I can um a vehicle through which I can express myself you know which I'd never had before and I think being someone that is you know I think everyone's creative in their own way um 
but I hadn't had a a vehicle through which I could express myself in that way you know so it and was everybody needs that because you know whether you take it on to be a career or do you mean like but just that almost escapism yeah you know from from the mundane from the traumatic from the just everyday life like I think you know to express yourself in whatever art form you you find the easiest or you find the freest or the most fun like everybody deserves that and sadly not everybody makes their way to, towards that for whatever reason there's so many barriers and it sounds like god there was like the ultimate barriers in your way i'm so glad like it feels like the universe but then i'm like it was all you like it wasn't like somebody else that did that that was you you bought the notebook you picked up the pen and it can flow out of you mm-hmm. that was you yeah it was very like uh, magical you know in that sense and um yeah and, and so from there i you know, it, it took me it took me a long time to heal, you know, because the oh the level of, of trauma of things that I'd experienced, you know, um, you know, from uh the two abusive relationships that I'd been in as well. And I think I'd I'd had so much trauma inflicted on my body that I just, you know, anytime anyone would make a sudden movement or, you know, even sometimes if people sat too close to me, I would just start shaking. You know, it was like serious and um, complex PTSD that I had you know that I really had to work so hard to um to pro to process yeah. you know and um writing was such a huge part of me having that avenue to um process that stuff and, and work through it and you know it took me a while to um you know fully sort of let go of all of the drugs and let go of the lifestyle that comes with being involved in sex work and things like that you know you have to kind of ease your way out of it because all of it is so kind of intoxicating and pulls you in and you're sort of it is a lifestyle you know and so it took me a long time to be able to work through all of that and and fully let it go and then I I decided um that I really wanted to to go to college and I thought, you know what, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to find some way. And I found a, an access to university course where you didn't need any um, history of, like, uh, you know, qualifications, yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, and so I applied for that. And, you know, it was a struggle to get through it <laughs> because all of a sudden I had to do this structure thing, which I'd never been good at anyway. And, you know, and so I nearly dropped out a good few times, but I stuck at it and I got really good results and marks and all of that kind of stuff. And I got accepted into Edinburgh Uni to do sociology. I started with social anthropology, actually, and then I changed to to sociology. And um, yeah, so so I ended up doing my degree. This isn't a movie, though. And like you know, obviously you've just like hop, skip, and jumped to like that. But when I went to uni, <laughs> like because but I, it's not. So then it's not to undermine. I can only begin to imagine. I'm not even putting myself there because I can't. What you went through and what all those tiny steps that you, yeah, those huge steps that had to be made to get there. Yeah. Because you're talking about so many things that you were dealing with, yeah. and things that were not of your doing and not your choice, and yeah, and you were in the midst of. So yeah, it, that's not easy. No, that's not easy. Like hats off to you, hundred percent. Where, where do you think you got the determination and the will to want to see that through? Where did that come from? You know, 
I think that I think I knew deep down somewhere within me that I was worth more than the life that I was living you know and I think that I don't know something just started to emerge within me where I was like okay like you know I'm I'm gonna die if I keep living the life that I'm living now you know and you know my parents um at one point staged like a bit of an intervention with me as well this was before I decided I was gonna apply to college and things you know but it was it was things like that that just kind of woke me up a little bit of like okay I need to start looking at the slightly bigger picture here of what I'm doing and you know stop um that sort of um start looking for deferred gratification rather than instant gratification and you know it just it it just took time it just took time to be able to um you know I I do think time is such a healer and you have to just honor that process within you of like okay this is coming up with me within me how am I going to deal with it how am I going to process it okay I've just been heavily triggered by this situation or that situation and just just having to um move through it you know and it did it took so much it has taken so much time and energy and patience and so much um just like trust within myself that like okay this is you know for um this is this is uh all of this stuff is happening around me but I just need to try and focus on this sort of um almost like alchemical transformation that's happening within me and just work through it but I I don't understand how like so sitting in front of me is somebody who's really passionate and you know the few times that I've been around you so positive and so giving of great energy how does someone who's gone through so much and that the thing is didn't get to uni and then you were like oh that was a shame that happened no no like do you mean so how how are you not I mean I'm just assuming but like how are you not completely raging at the world how how are you so brilliantly positive and passionate and putting all this goodness out in the world after what the world's given you? Yeah, I mean, I think it has taken a lot of work. You know, I think for a long time I was I was so angry. You know, like if anybody like, would, so. you know, walk past me and kind of bump into me, I would explode with rage. Like I had serious anger problems for a long, long time, you know, and um, I think in some of my sort of earlier poetry, you can kind of hear that, you know, Um, and it just, it's been a process of like really deep forgiveness, you know, within me and, and knowing that if I'm holding on to all of this anger towards all of these people who have hurt me and you know not um and holding you know anger for things that I've done as well you know then it's like that's not gonna help anybody that's not gonna solve anything and it's that process of like surrendering to that and going you know I have to I have to find this place of like forgiveness within my heart you know that yes all of this stuff has happened but how am I gonna transform it and change it into something positive and you know I'll never forget all of the things that have happened to me and it would be silly to assume I, I could, but I can look back on it and I can look at what I've gained from it and the lessons that I've learned from it and hopefully share that <laughs> with other people. You know, I think all of our most painful experiences offer us the greatest amount of wisdom. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard to get to that place where you can see it like that or see it from that perspective. But ultimately, we, we kill ourselves if we if we want to hold on to all of that pain you know I think that's why people die early and have 
heart problems and you know all of that kind of stuff because it's that level of stress and toxicity in your body and I think I just was like I can't I can't do this I want to be happy you know I want I, you deserve that happiness yeah. you deserve to live a life that's full of joy and and you know and it's not going to be without sadness and of struggles course. along the way like we all sign up for that I guess in life totally but I think you've had enough yeah I think, I think you deserve all the joy and I just I just hope that you know in any of my question and that none of this I hope that none of this is triggering I, I, I want to say that I'm just so impressed and so honoured that you're actually here telling the story I had not a scooby of any of that so thank you for being so no no problem thank and you and whether it reaches the podcast episode or whether it's just between you and I I'm just glad that you're here yeah no thank you so much and I, I do I think that there's so much um power in the sharing of our stories and the sharing of them authentically if we feel safe to do that then that is such a gift you know I don't, I don't take this lightly this position that I'm in just sitting in front of you do you know what I mean whatever the story was going to be that you were going to tell me today yeah you know what I mean like yeah. genuinely because yeah people's stories are sacred totally you know I mean? and, totally um, to open yourself up and I think that's what I'm so impressed by in terms of your Quoting your words because it it does take a lot to put yourself out there, whether it be dance, drama, music, poetry, whatever it is, like taking in your art form, the thing that you love doing for you, the thing that God's like sounds like in a way saved you from everything that you were Mm -hmm. going through at that time and have gone through to then give it to the world for them to digest and make it their own and take it into their own lives. That's so while you were at uni was were you still writing yeah I was you just didn't stop absolutely yeah and I I found it very and you know I found it very challenging being at university um you know being surrounded by a lot of very white very privileged people at Edinburgh uni I I don't think I made one friend when I was actually at Edinburgh uni because I you know at this point I was 21 and I had lived this life you know, and I, you know, lived on, you know, I'd got my own flat when I was 17 through the council. And so, you know, I was with all these young people that had just moved out of home. (laughs) And for me to try and connect with them, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so um, luckily I did, you know, I did have like 10 lives. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I I did have friends outside of uni, Mm. thankfully. Um, But yeah, it was just, I used a lot of what I was learning at university as as fuel for my own uh research as well because at this point you know I was very much um like okay I want to understand all this stuff around race and empire and colonialism and all of all of the sort of building blocks for the world that we live in today and how that's impacted my experience growing up as a mixed race young woman in Scotland and so I started to very intensely research history mm. and you know sort of um the history of empire and of the transatlantic slave trade and all of this stuff that was my ancestral history but I just didn't know that and had never really been taught anything yeah. about yeah. that you know so yeah. that's where a lot of my um uh, poetry that I was writing would talk about history and talk about slavery and you know um the sort of image of the white god and all of this stuff that became very kind of like fundamental to a lot of the poetry pieces that I was um that I would write at that time and that I would end up sharing um in in future as well so it was 
yeah it was a time of like really deep healing but also really deep education and I think education and healing go hand in hand as well you know so I was just really intent on understanding the sort of social economic political historical system with which we live in as a way to better understand myself you know as well and then so then all that learning did you find that you were kind of processing it through the writing of the poetry then absolutely yeah and and, and that's the personal aspect then isn't it totally you know it's like yeah all this history and how do I fit into that how does that fit into my life and my experience thus far absolutely so I would read things I would watch documentaries and then I'd be like I need to write this poem you know so it was like giving me this amazing fuel Mm. for this this work that I was um producing and I had no intention at that time of ever sharing it on stage you know and being someone that is maybe more kind of shy or introverted the thought of ever getting on stage was ridiculous to me <laughs> you know and people like my friends would say to me you know you should share it like go to an open mic night and share it and I'd be like no absolutely not like there was there was no way I thought I, I was going to do that and then it sort of got to about 2019 and I think I would have been in my last year of uni at that point okay and I was invited by um a friend of mine who was doing her album launch to perform she she knew that I wrote poetry and she was like look really want you to come and share some of your work at at my album launch and it was one of those really uh, kind of crossroad moments yeah where you're like okay I've got this feeling I have to do this for my own growth you know but I could choose not to but I feel (laughs) like I just have to do it you know so I I I said yes and I was oh my god I was terrified when I say I was terrified I you know I don't drink anymore but at that time um I think I drank about seven drinks before I went on stage and I was sober I was completely, it's like it didn't do anything. <laughs> not touching the things. Because the, the adrenaline, you know. Um, and I, I went on stage and it was at Paradise Palms in Edinburgh and I read two poems and, you know, I, I memorised them and I, you know, I just, I was like all week kind of, or a couple of weeks, whatever it was leading up to it. I just, you know, I knew it was this massive thing. And, you know, from there, I was asked to do another gig and then another gig and another gig and it kind of just snowballed from there so that would have been March 2019. I can't believe it wasn't that long. Yeah it was like four years ago. Because you're like me as this really accomplished person who's done so much and I'm like 2019 was like five minutes ago I mean I know it wasn't but still like yeah, it, ha- I mean, it happened really quick. I mean, did that performance and then didn't stop. Yeah, basically. Did you, did, I mean, as much as it was terrifying, did you feel exhilarated Oh, afterwards? my God. It was, it was amazing. Like, I felt like so much of what I'd been doing at that, like, in the years leading up to that had almost led up to that moment. All the research, all of the, <laughs> you know. Like, kind of get, get you off the yeah. <laughs> So it was like... You know, I, I didn't have that traditional kind of, you know, a lot of poets, they do these open mics and, uh-huh. you know, for a long time before they get on um, to paid gigs, you know, and, nice. and it happened okay. very, very quickly. So within about two, yeah, so I, I did that in the March and then I did a, um, a good, another few gigs after that just by kind of word of mouth stuff. I didn't even have an Instagram or anything like that, but I created an Instagram after that first <laughs> gig because people were coming up to me afterwards being like, you got Instagram I was like no I was like I haven't even got any of this social media stuff (laughs) so um yeah and then I did um 
BBC World's First competition in the June of that year and I got to the finals of that so I ended up getting published and then later that year Hannah Lavery saw me performing and she asked me to be in her play Lament for Shecky Bio. I'd never done any stage work in my life like like that you know a theatre work um you know and then shortly after that I was invited to Brazil to perform at this festival you know so it was literally within about six months I'd had this fully fledged (laughs) poetry thing I mean like your work is just phenomenal so it doesn't surprise me at all do you mean but what I'm impressed at again with you is that you go with that gut feeling then so once you've had that hit of like oh actually this feels good I want to do this you've just said I guess yes to the things that you know make your soul sing or that you've got a gut feeling about totally yeah that gut feeling that made you buy that the the notebook yeah do you know yeah. like so yeah are you just now curating this life of I go after the things that make sense yeah and I leave absolutely that I don't yeah I mean I, I think um you know I have always been very intuitive you know um and I've, when I've ignored that intuition that's when things have gone haywire I mean, like, you know thing, oh, of course but of I mean course. I guess like you were saying with time I guess time affords you that those lessons and totally. although sometimes they're very very hard lessons mm-hmm. learned at least with age and comes a bit of wisdom of like oh yeah remember that time that I didn't listen to myself yeah actually but then you come back to the word trust like you're saying about trust like trusting the world trusting other people but trusting yourself like trusting that judgment that that's difficult even if you're the most like you come across as the most like strong and individual and like person yeah trusting your gut sometimes when the world's saying something else or somebody that you think you can trust is saying something else I think that's just like it's such a important topic to discuss, like trusting yourself is a huge thing. Yeah. Because you're not always your best pal. Totally. Totally. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, you're, you know what I mean? Like, I just know that, like, for myself and, you know, and our experiences are totally different. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a huge thing to start listening to yourself because you, in your heart of hearts, you do know what's best for you. Yeah. But it's thinking all the noise in it. It's exactly. It's all the noise out the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all the... I mean, we talk about imposter syndrome on this podcast quite a lot. And the many people sat in front of me are hugely talented, hugely skilled. And I'm like, don't... Like, no, you can't have imposter syndrome. Because you know, I have it hugely at points in my, my life, my career. And other people are just like, yeah, I'm the same. And I'm like, eh, why have you got it? But I think it just comes with putting your creative endeavours out in the world as well. Absolutely, yeah. And that, that was one thing I struggled with so much, you know, was this, this um, exactly like you're saying, like imposter syndrome. And, you know, I'd almost like at times try and like self-sabotage things, you know, like I'd have a big thing on and then I'd go out drinking the night before and things like that. And I'd be like, why have I done this again? You know, but it, there was this part of me that just didn't believe that I was totally worthy and I think because things did happen so fast as well I was kind of like I've not even had time to like process this or integrate this uh-huh. or anything I'm you know me to do a gig now. I'm like, <laughs> yeah totally totally yeah and then with 2020 and the whole kind of Black Lives Matter thing that put a lot more focus on my work as well you know and um I performed at one of the Black Lives well, I performed at a couple of them of the Black Lives Matter uh, protests uh-huh. and you know it brought a lot of 
traction towards my work you know because I'd already sort of for the last year or so been putting out this work and so um you know that again was another big thing that I had to process you know I was getting all of these messages and like um you know got all of these like followers to my page all at once and you know it, it was like quite overwhelming you know and so. I can imagine with that kind of thing and you know correct me if I'm wrong but uh, again it's sifting through the noise and what seems genuine and what seems performative totally. in terms of like a movement like Black Lives Matter yeah I mean like am I just being asked because it's the right time or exactly commas. so yeah that's a lot mm-hmm. and processing your own experience and your own reaction to what's going on totally at those times do you know what I mean and, and still obviously so that's yeah that's a lot to then be asked to stand up and perform like, yeah that's a huge thing you know I mean? <laughs> totally yeah. like, and perform your own work mm. again like because you know plenty of people go and perform other people's work you know but when it's yours it's yeah your word, and there's you're on the page totally you know? and I mean, you know I guess your poetry will be inspired by various things not just your own experience but that's you yeah that's that's you on that page so obviously writing the whole time never stopped writing I mean I can't imagine what notebook you're on now number yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to do. are you quite often then commissioned just because I'm thinking about the project that we did in the summer like certainly I was commissioned to write something specific for that event yeah is that an alien concept to you or was it an alien concept when somebody said can you write something to do with this because there's one thing going I'm writing and if you want to hear it great yeah but I'm writing it anyway for Mm -hmm. me it's another thing when somebody goes you have to write about this yeah these are parameters because we know parameters and always our favorite thing yeah totally <laughs> totally yeah exactly exactly so yeah no that's not um not an uncommon uh thing throughout mm. the time that I've been kind of um sharing my work and I think the more the more I've done it the more I'm just like I just want to make it my own you know and I'll take whatever inspiration obviously is being put forward by whoever is commissioning it but I've always found as well that the more I just make it my own the more they seem to like it anyway (laughs) so you know it's like when you're trying to like shelve who you are and write something from another point or perspective but like it doesn't work anyway like you have to come from you otherwise it's just you know there's no point um really and so um yeah it used to kind of um I used to kind of have that stress around it because I felt like I had to be somebody else or you know write from somewhere that wasn't coming directly from me um but now I'm just like yeah sure bring on the commissions I'll do, do it my own way you know and if they're not happy with it then well they're you know, coming to you surely because they want to hear from you they want to hear your perspective I mean so that's like you're right but it's that thing where you're like should I be doing this should I be doing this another way like I just know from a choreographic perspective like the way I choreograph and the way I work sometimes I'll be like um and even look with the poetry which is in its infancy like in terms of me writing poems that's something just a a kind of side hustle that I dived into recently but just from a choreographic perspective like I know how I work but then I still sometimes give myself a hard time because I see somebody else doing it a different way and I'm like, oh, maybe I should do it like that. And I'm like, it's not broke. Don't fix it. Like, you've been doing totally. it this way for, like, 20 years. Like, just keep, like, working. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you've kept food on the table. You're still dancing. You're still making up, you know. But it's funny how, I mean, I, I think I, that comparison thing is the thief of joy is the quote. But it's hard not to, like, sometimes be just kind of influenced by what's going on around you. I totally yeah I, I totally get what you're saying and I think um 
for me, I don't know if it's just because in the sort of poetry scene in Edinburgh, it's like, it is, I don't know, I don't really compare myself to anyone if, if that makes you. sense Thank, well done <laughs> because how, how'd, you, how'd you do that tell us <laughs> your secret it's, I think in a way as well I've always kind of seen myself as a bit of an outsider just through through life anyway that I'm sort of um that kind of thing I, I can't really um like put myself in that place I think maybe because I just see what I'm doing is just what I'm doing if that yeah, makes you're in any lane. sense well, you're in your lane you're like I'm doing my thing cool yours are doing your thing over there I'm doing mine I, I totally admire that that's correct do, do that <laughs> <laughs> don't be me going what are they doing over there maybe I should, maybe I should do that but that yeah I guess that comes just like you're saying from your personality as well a very independent person who's dealt with a lot and has gone after the things that they want and you're determined and you're talented and you're like so there's no need to question what everybody else is doing. You're doing you. And that's where you find the joy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's um, that's the thing is like just the more, I think the more authentic you are, the more joy you can feel, you know. Put that on, put on a t-shirt. <laughs> that's a quote. I love it. I, 100%. Yeah. But like, yeah, we don't always, I, I guess in this time that we live in, Instagram and I mean, I love social media. It's a great thing. But yeah. There's a lot of comparison going on in what's everybody else doing. And I think it's always been there. I mean, if I think back when I was at school and what everybody was wearing and you were in the newest thing, it's always been a thing, right? I'm sure it has, but it feels almost heightened because we live in this super media screen world where we're just constantly looking at things going, should we want that? Do we want that? What have I got? What have I not got? And yeah, and it serves nobody. Yeah, no, it's so true. It's so true. And it is, it's that like programming and conditioning and all of that kind of stuff, you know. And I think, you know, to go back to sort of school and the way that, um, you know, students are maybe um, not directly, but are sort of pitted against each other in terms of who's doing the best at this and who's doing the best at that. And, you know, I think um, so many workplaces are like that as well. And it's, um, you know, I think comes from this sort of, a, a negative impulse that exists within us to um, have that need to compete or to, you know, make ourselves better or whatever it is, you know, whereas when we kind of um, choose to to just honour where we're at is the most rewarding thing. And you can't really move from where you're at until you accept where you are. Does that make so sense? Like... <laughs> it makes absolute sense. But somehow we're just on this this hamster wheel of yeah. like keep going keep going and yeah that whole being present thing and I do really admire people I, I mean certainly I find it and when I'm in the flow of working or writing a poem or whatever that's where I find kind of being in the present that's like my meditation because I'm not the person who does yoga or meditates I mean I've kind of floated with the idea of meditation I've done it a couple of times and it's been lovely but it's not something like I'll immediately gravitate to it is writing to your meditation or do you do other practices um, that can help I mean, that? Yeah I mean now I'm quite into my yoga and my meditation and things like that you know and I think um, I think especially when I sort of made the decision to stop drinking and obviously you know I'd made the decision to obviously stop um, taking drugs before that but I still occasionally would sort of binge mm-hmm. on things <laughs> and go out all weekend and things like that you know and now now I'm I'm just in such a different place and I, th- I think it was in 2021 I just had this kind of awakening with regards to stuff like that and I was like I don't want to do this anymore I don't want to live 
like that, you know, where I feel like I'm dependent on a substance or something to make me feel good. I was like, I I don't want to live like that anymore. And so I sort of, um, yeah, just, just kind of changed um, the way that I was, I was living my life. Mm-hmm. And I think I'd done so much healing already at that point, but it just deepened when I decided to kind of cut certain things out and, um, you know, remove certain people from my life and just, I just found this whole new kind of um, way to live that was just so much more rewarding. So I I think, you know, people need to find whatever it is that supports them, you know, but poetry, I would say definitely is one of my forms of meditation, of sort of channeling, of, you know, releasing and, um, yeah, I think if you can find a way that you are able to create stillness in your life and then find a way that you're able to create movement, those if you have ways you can do those two things, then you're you're onto a winner. <laughs> and you, you have a lot more than what so many people have in this like rat race of life, so you know. True. So true. And did you see a difference in your I mean, I guess you just see a difference in your any sort of work that you're creating as you experience life but when you did make those quite definite decisions was there a change in your your words yeah absolutely and and you know what's funny as well is that um the only time I've really stopped writing from when I was kind of around 19 was around that time as well um a couple of years ago and I I was so burnt out from performing because I had just been performing constantly since 2019 and you know even during the pandemic I was like really busy you know like I think a lot of artists actually experienced Mm. that as well and so I just had to take a big step back because so much of my work had been about my you know yes it was it had a lot of this sort of historical narrative and social narratives and things like that but it was also very much had been written from this place of like me trying to find what this world meant to me and and my place within it and I remember I did this gig and I think it was just an online gig actually in 2021 and my face like when like as I was performing my face was like overheating and it was like this horrible feel like I I felt like I was getting ill or something it was it was a weird experience and I was like okay this is my body telling me I need to take a break I can't keep performing this this work it was like my face went really hot it was almost like um like a sort of hot flush kind uh-huh. of thing and I, I was like I need to listen to this because my body's telling me there's something like not okay about well, you're, you know to give a, a good performance of, for one quote of a better word but you're giving something of yourself and then absolutely that, the words that you're seeing are things that are deeply affecting you have de- have deeply affected you are your truth yeah that's a lot to be given that totally to, a screen or a million people yeah. playing, whatever it is, Jamie's you know totally. like, yo, yeah, that's that is a lot. That makes sense that at some point you were gonna have to like stop that. Take a break from yeah, that. Yeah, Absolutely. Totally. And I think it was so cathartic at first mm-hmm. because I was like, this is the stuff I've been sitting on for years and now I'm finally getting to share it, you know? Um and felt like people were really listening to me and you know, it was very um affirming in that way. Mm. But then it got to the point where I was like, Okay, no, this has to I need I need a break. You should and... listen to your gut again. Well done. Ted. You're very good at that. Oh, very good There's a lot to be learned. I feel like this is like a like it's just like a learning session for me. This is like a like a, the class. I've came to class. I'm learning lots. This oh. is amazing. And in terms of your creative 
process do you have one or is that you open the book you put the pen to paper you see what comes out i i do really feel like um you know because obviously i've been asked this before and i'm like i can't explain it it just feels like something comes through me you know it's like an impulse or a something wants to be expressed and i'm just like right get the pen (laughs) (laughs) or type it on my phone if i don't have it you know and i i just I just let it flow, just let it flow and just see what happens, you know. Um, I don't really go in there with too much structure. Sometimes I am like, oh, I've got an idea and I want to write something about this. Mm-hmm. And then I'll I'll go in that way. But that I would say that's less often. Mm-hmm. Most often it's like a spark and I'm like, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is, yeah, totally, uh-huh. totally, yeah. Have you ever been in a situation where you're not something comes to you and you're not able for whatever reason to write it down that's really frustrating that's horrible that's horrible <laughs> the worst i've feeling. done it like when i'm driving and like i'm saying it out loud and i'm like you're not gonna remember that I've had this could be yeah. i'm genius totally we take over the world with this <laughs> these two lines that rhyme like that and you've had it that's a way <laughs> then you've just got to go oh well i'll come back if it was meant yeah that's what I say as well that's literally what I say as well I'm like well you know what it's fine it's obviously not meant to be you just have to let it go (laughs) that was my gold totally and yeah in terms of like the commissions is it the same then you've just got this idea they've came to you with you know a title or a heading of the or the event is about this or whatever you know I'm just thinking again of the event that we did in the summer and then are you just waiting for the moment to take? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Luke. It's very magical. Yeah. I'd love to be there when it happens. It's probably not as exciting as I make it sound. Probably me sitting in my jammies on my sofa like, oh. <laughs> it's all about the creative like, you know, process. And, that, and that's it. There isn't right way yeah and I, I would say like what I've kind of learned from this process as well it's like I, I used to try like if I'd get a commission I'd be like right okay now I need to try and like force something out of me and it never works and now I'm I just relax and I'm just like I know something will come if I just gestate with this you know trust (laughs) exactly yeah yeah totally it's like it's something's just formulating in my subconscious around this and it will come out you know because I've put something in there like okay I've inserted this thing of like okay this idea needs to to, yes totally and then just let it brew you know let it brew and then it all of a sudden it comes out and I I had that actually because that was maybe one of the first commissions I'd had in a little while Mm -hmm. with the cycling championships Mm -hmm. thing and I I actually got two commissions around that um and I did the same thing with both of them I was just like okay the idea has been put forward to me now I'm just gonna leave it Mm -hmm. and just see what comes out and rather than stress about the time and oh I've only got this amount of time it's like no just let go trust surrender that's like the the if there was a formula that would be what it is you know and also I was thinking it feels like two worlds the words in the page and then you reciting your words because when you know that something's just going to be potentially on a page and how people are going to read that and then how you would perform it and express it because the way you perform it is so it's so immersive you know and it's your words and it's how you you exaggerate certain words are you thinking about that when you're writing or are you just letting it come out and then see what happens not really I mean I think I can kind of hear when I'm 
writing it like how I would maybe perform it mm-hmm. if that makes sense but it's not like um I'm overly thinking about that when it's yeah. when I'm writing it mm-hmm. yeah because uh, obviously we're saying like your work was published so that was the, that during the pandemic that it was first published um so it was 2019 for bbc words first okay. that it was first published but i've been in other anthology well a bunch of different stuff i couldn't remember off top yeah, of my head yeah. but a bunch of different stuff mm. since then yeah, you know totally. um i've been published in work with uh noiriki i'm not sure if you know mm-hmm. them um i was in a pamphlet with them and yeah a bunch of, a bunch of different stuff since yeah. then and I, I guess it's nice for you and interesting for you how then your words are interpreted by other people and because it's like that thing when you give your art to other people then they interpret it how and they attach their own meaning and their own relationships and things that have happened to them to it yeah do, do people come back to you do you quite often hear from people saying oh my god that made me feel that or I totally was there when I was with you when you're saying that or I read this and it totally made me think of that yeah that happens That's um cool. it's it's funny it's like I've had um so many messages over the time that I've been um performing you know from people just um often people are really thankful as well which I think is really lovely just because um you know a lot of people are sort of people of color who've said like oh my god that's what I've been trying to say and you just said how the stuff that's going on in my head that I haven't been able to articulate kind of thing and that's obviously so rewarding because I know exactly how that feels when you hear someone's and you're like that that's what I was trying to get at you know but I just couldn't get it in my own um my own head you know it's like people can take ownership and solace totally from from them yeah it's really important it is like a really like special thing that you yeah you can't take for granted because it's like Mm. it is really really beautiful and then I've had so many messages from white people as well saying oh my god you know like you really made me see from this different perspective about you know the issues of racism or I never even realized you know how racism impacts people or you know things like that as well that I think are are really you know important and you don't you don't necessarily know unless you've experienced it or you hear someone talk about it or things like that you know so arts open up conversations far easier than just like let's talk about this topic do Mm -hmm. you know what I mean you know if we're in the room and we're experiencing this thing together and whether it's one person or 10 people on the stage giving I feel like audiences people that experience that people on the stage are, are far more likely to open up conversations of like all right you're thinking that thing or oh you've had that you've had that experience rather than just because we're going about our day and we're doing a thing and we're keeping our head down we're trying to put food on the table we're trying to stay alive we're trying to keep other humans alive maybe and these big conversations sometimes just don't happen when they really need to absolutely yeah and I think that's the power of the arts to be able to um, bring that across in a way that isn't like academic or you know in a way that's maybe like so often portrayed in like the mainstream or things like that it's just like it's much more organic yeah you know I think a lot of conversations like that people are afraid of having as well because it's tied up in so many things um and their own experiences or they're not understanding somebody else's experience and not want to offend and and yeah just the, the arts just so and, and that's why I feel so privileged to be in the position that I'm doing this podcast but also working in the arts that I get to see that and do that a lot a lot of people don't mm-hmm. you know and it's just that accessibility of the arts and that's what I was getting excited about earlier on when I was jumping but like asking about 10 questions in one you're so professional you're like <laughs> I'll just take them I'll just answer them one at a time um 
that accessibility in the world of poetry what's that like is it <laughs> because I think folk go oh poetry well it's not for me absolutely <laughs> absolutely I think that's so true like I you know if you just said to me when I was younger that I would be a poet I would have been like what are you talking about okay. Robert Burns what are you talking about you know that's a lot of people's only reference yeah, in Scotland absolutely. Is, isn't it? Like, it is you're like name a poet Robbie yeah. Burns mm-hmm. uh-huh, exactly to recite it in Robbie Burns day <laughs> totally like the horror of that in primary school I remember yes. that <laughs> awful so, like, so then you but you are in this world and you are a poet what is that like being you in in this world yeah I mean again I sort of um feel like I'm not really in it if that makes sense I feel like and maybe I am but I feel like it's like cool outside it was just like doing the- I wish I wish you're like you're the rock star before, I feel you're just like you just can do what you like over there I'm over here doing my thing I mean I just I feel like I just have to do my own thing mm-hmm. and, and I think it's like you know what I think about as well is like if I'd have seen you know as a young mixed race girl growing up if I'd have seen like a mixed race poet who was like a young woman you know I would have been like oh my god like I could do that you know and um I think that that's yeah the the representation within um the sort of Scottish poetry scene I think is changing with like Hannah Lavery and you know different people that are kind of showcasing like a different side of Scotland and a different voice within Scotland that I think is so amazing yes. and um and important you know because I, I just the power of representation of seeing yourself reflected back to you it, it can be life-changing for people Absolutely. you know um, like I remember being young and you know I would always like I remember seeing like Alicia Keys on the tv and I remember being like to my mom is she mixed race is she mixed race and my mom was like I don't think she's mixed race and I was like oh I'm so upset because <laughs> I just wanted just to wanted see to someone that looked like me you know that was like in in some you know some way a reflection of me and I I didn't really have that you know so I I understand the power of that like intrinsically so I just think that's maybe one of the reasons why I like to share my work now or I can see an importance in it for other people now that's you're you're that person you're Alicia Keys (laughs) for someone for for lots of people do you know I mean that's important but yeah you I guess you you can't think about that too much because then that would start to it pulls you out of yourself you know you're like I'm just going I'm just doing my thing absolutely great but like it's not about that exactly yeah it's about you I think you can lose sight of yourself when you start creating for other people you know it's it's, you lose the essence of why you were creating in the first place you know I think that if you're genuinely sharing from an authentic place it will touch people regardless Mm. because they feel it it's like this resonance you know but if you're trying to create to to put out a certain idea of who you think you are and things like that you just you lose the meaning of art <laughs> people, people aren't, aren't stupid that they can see yeah, through that totally. you know I mean? like, and they just um I think people are far more likely to gravitate towards somebody who's just being authentically themselves and I think there's so much to be admired of anybody who makes a thing and then puts it in the world Absolutely. for other people to digest mm-hmm. and show and do, yeah. it, like, do you know what I mean like that you know somebody else said that in the podcast recently was like um an actor, John McLaren, and he was saying that the first thing when I get a script is just like, 
somebody show it. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the project is. It could be a huge big thing for a big national theatre or it could be a really small student project or whatever. Somebody's blood, sweat, tears has gone into that. So let's just read the words, you know, and just be mindful that somebody's put a lot of time and effort and their self into that. And it's obviously his job to make it bounce off the page and be brilliant. Do you know what I mean? But it's important like to acknowledge that, that it's not taken lightly that you go out and you put your your heart and soul and your blood, sweat and tears into something and give it to other people to enjoy or to extrapolate something meaning from. And so I guess people sitting listening to this podcast who the world of the arts or the world of poetry is maybe not their wheelhouse. They're going, how do you, how's that a job? How do you do that? What's that about? Like, and, and are there other kind of realms that you've gone into in terms of like community work and working with groups or, you know, to, to keep your poetry going, but also to inspire other people to write their own poetry? Absolutely. Yeah. So one of my favourite things is yes. working with young people yes. and um, working. Young people are brilliant. Yes, they are amazing. And just, yeah, working in, um, you know, I've done workshops in schools and with different youth groups and all of that kind of stuff that I think is just um, I find it inspiring. Like See, I find it so inspiring, totally, you know, totally. to be able to yeah, yeah, it's like a do gift that for yourself as well. Absolutely, like, to get out and working with young people, but it's a total skill in itself. It's one thing like being an artist and making work, isn't it? But it's like another thing going in and leading a workshop. Totally, yeah, yeah it is different. Absolutely, yeah, and I think. Um, I just think people people respond to you best when they can tell that you're being yourself and mm-hmm. you know even if you, you sort of say oh I'm a wee bit nervous and uh-huh. you know things like that people respond so well to that kind Don't of you. stuff Don't you know again it's that thing like seeing people can sift through the BS but totally especially young people yes <laughs> <laughs> they will tell you if you don't like something mm-hmm. like you know I haven't had years of experience working with young people and I'm like I take that job just as seriously as working in any professional capacity, like working with young people is important work and they deserve your time and energy and their ideas are important and they're not to be poo-pooed. And yeah, and they do like, I'll make mistakes all the time in front of young people and I'll just say it. Or they'll be like, you said that yesterday or we never did that. And I'm like, oh, I saw you didn't. And then, you know, I'll make a joke about it. i be like, oh, I'm just testing to see if you remembered. But I'm like, it's important. I'm like, I'm a human. I make mistakes too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, an important message to put out yeah. like just generally to anybody that's learning or trying something new for the first time like you will make mistakes you will mess up you will make something that you think is rubbish but actually somebody might somebody else might love it it's crazy how often that happens like <laughs> literally all the time I'm like oh this is my least like strong poem okay. and then it's the one people are like oh my god I love that one I'm like what <laughs> like you know it's always is yeah it's so strange the way that things happen like that yeah. you know it's like yeah. yeah somebody will find something in there that they need absolutely it's so true and in terms of your work like do you have like goals or aspirations I know you're saying like you like generally you've been somebody who's just very reactive and goes with their gut but do you have like things that you would like to be able to do through your poems you mean not really like I'm just going with the flow of things Mm -hmm. really you know I don't really have like a bigger kind of plan I almost feel like sometimes like our plans are not our own anyway even if I had a plan would it actually come to fruition (laughs) I don't know so yeah I think um for me it's very much just a case of just you know whatever comes my way if it feels 
right for me then I do it and if it doesn't then I say no and I, I just very much um go with the flow in that Does sense working week then look quite different from month to month in terms of like you're doing a bit of performing you might be doing a community project or in a school and then the next minute you're not doing any of that and you're just writing totally right. totally and um I started my own business in 2022 doing like kind of intuitive healing kind of stuff as well like reiki and things like that like very very into that so that's kind of my other I'm kind of in these two worlds which cool. very strangely kind of bridge yeah. together a lot you know Absolutely. so um and it, it does it makes sense to me that you know again it's not something I would have thought I would have gone into but considering you know where I've been and things yeah. I've experienced and you know there's very little that can shock me <laughs> you know from experience I've had you know people could tell me pretty much anything and I'll be like okay you know so it's um, I think all of that has served me in what I'm doing now. So I'd, I'd see one-to-one clients and stuff like that. And then I also do my poetry stuff. And I really like having a balance between both of those yeah. things. It's lovely to have another thing. That, you know, whether it's a hobby or whether it's another kind of facet of your work. Like, I think it's nice variety to space of life. And Absolutely, that. yeah. And some of my most regular clients have been people who followed me through my poetry stuff and have kind of crossed Absolutely. over with me into this other world so it's it's really um really beautiful yeah. when I think about it like that yeah, of course and I remember in the summer we were talking briefly before we went on stage and a you were saying you were going like you'd been you'd done all this traveling this solo travel and I was just like say what like so impressed <laughs> by it again I was like do you what like you're, and then you were going so you were going to Egypt and you were going yourself and I was just like you're gonna be all right <laughs> and you were like I've got this uh just yeah is travel important to you in terms of going and exploring the world oh my god yeah i would just imagine that would be something that would be so beneficial to then come back to absolutely yeah and seeing the world and exploring different cultures and yeah totally it's so inspiring and i think you know it, it was a big part of me of my kind of healing journey as well was kind of going oh you know I'm suddenly like a lot more stable in myself and you know I can go off to this place and I can you know see more of of the world you know because I was in such a dark place for so long and I never went really very many places you know and and so now it's like I really appreciate like the luxury of being able to travel and see the world and you know just meeting um you know different people and being in different land and you know yeah. um feeling the different energies of those places and stuff it's just that's been such a a fundamental part of me kind of finding my own freedom within myself and going off on my own and yes. you know um obviously you know sometimes my family and stuff are like oh my god like you're going away on your own again well, I was, and I was yeah. that, like, like I was your mom or something I was like you're you going yourself <laughs> so I just again admire that like yeah that I think that's hugely brave uh, I think it's awesome I think um but I can't imagine the wealth of like experience and knowledge and uh, comfort like just putting yourself and putting yourself in these situations where you you're just figuring it out and like people I mean I like to believe and coming from my perspective so that people are mostly good and there's lots of good things in the world and you know having like you're saying the privilege to go and explore the world and get to know people like as much as it's a scary prospect you going away and doing that on your own I'm sure you've met a lots of nice 
great people who have taught you lots of great nice things absolutely Mm. yeah it has it's been just so amazing and you know I've been to New Mexico and all the way down Central America all all by myself you know and that's something that probably people would often ill-advise young women (laughs) to go and do but for me it was just um I knew I had to like make this almost like a pilgrimage for myself and just book a one-way ticket and just be like fuck it you know I'm just gonna go and just see see what the world kind of offers up to me you know and it was um yeah really just all all of my different travels have been so uh healing so supportive so inspiring and really um I think really allowed me to find different voices within my writing as well like all coming from that authentic place but just it I don't know it changes you travel changes you in such a big way like and realizing the world is probably a lot safer than it's made out to be in a lot of ways you know um you know people would probably say don't go to Mexico don't you know and I'm not saying there aren't things that happen there that would be silly to say that of course of course literally you know there's there's parts of Edinburgh I've lived in that you know you probably should walk alone at night (laughs) you know but at the same time you can't live your life afraid Mm. of that afraid this is going to happen or that's going to happen you have to just um go out and explore the world if you have the the privilege to be able to do that you know and then the fact that you're your poetry has taken you abroad as well and taken you places yeah. how exciting is that I mean, exactly. that's like a double whammy that's when you're, you're like yes yes totally because <laughs> you were saying you went to brazil yeah and i'd always wanted to oh, go to brazil i still went to brazil with her work and loved it amazing yeah. amazing it was such a profound experience and just the history of slavery there as well and the festival i performed at um it's called floop <laughs> and um it's uh you know, it was all these different um, black women from, black and mixed race women from, you know, America, from Portugal, obviously me being from Scotland, you know, some like amazing poets. I had the chance to perform alongside like um, Mo Brown, Mahogany Brown. She is like an incredible poet, you know, and I was literally six months into my career, like, oh my God, like this is amazing, you know? Yeah. So um, yeah, just, I mean, things like that and just, just being... Um, in a place with such a kind of rich history mm-hmm. and um, you know a lot of it very sad and but just it, I mean it was amazing life-changing trip yeah. there you know so what I mean we've only got two months left of 2023 <laughs> what does the, the rest of 2023 hold for you or do you are, are we just waiting to see what inspiration holds what, yeah what takes hold I mean um so I've, I've just recently co-curated an exhibition with Jedda Pearl who's a great um Scottish Caribbean poet and her sister as well Kezia Lewis who's a an artist and we have an exhibition which is celebrating the legacies of Windrush um honoring the legacies of Windrush and it's at the Museum of Edinburgh it's until January nice. if anyone wants to go so so it's and it's open already it's open yes, now it's open now yeah oh my goodness right yeah. I'm, i need to go yeah so it's That's i mean so it's a really really beautiful exhibition mm-hmm. lots of um just different art pieces and poetry pieces as well all kind of mounted on the walls Gosh. and it's it's really um yeah i you know obviously obviously i recommend people go see it <laughs> 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 to help create it but yeah. <laughs> but um yeah it's until january that's so nice to have that collaboration a bit with yeah. other artists and different art forms as well absolutely yeah. yeah no it was a really beautiful process kind of bringing it all together and everything absolutely. like that so um yeah and then um my next kind of big 
big thing is in is in January actually, and I'm working with um not sure if you know um Corinne Polwarts. She's a Scottish yeah. traditional music yeah. singer. Okay. Yeah. So yes. I met her at Celtic Connections Festival. Yes. So I performed there the opening ceremony mm-hmm. night and um she is the I think she's the artist in residence at this thing called King's Place, which okay. is in London, yeah. and they're mm-hmm. doing this Scotland unwrapped thing um a series of performances with scottish artists so um i'm doing a a performance with her and um dave milligan as well who's a pianist Mm -hmm. so we're still kind of formulating what it's going to look like but that's kind of near the start of uh midway through january as well in london so that's so lovely like just to have these collaborations with people that you are doing their thing and bring these worlds together yeah. and then it just inspires the next thing do you know Absolutely, what I mean like the, yeah. the poems are going to be flowing <laughs> yeah. the, there's going to be no, you know, no shortage of material for sure I would imagine and in terms of like the poems that you've written so far I mean do you count them do you know how many you've written you know what I was actually thinking about this the other day I was like Jesus how many poems have I written I've lost <laughs> I've lost track um, and sometimes I remember them and I'm like oh my god that one is that yeah so, um, yeah I don't I haven't counted them um you know I would like to do a collection at some point but um yes please do yeah I'm not I don't feel I don't feel ready to to start kind of putting one together yet I, okay. I did a while ago start kind of formulating something and then I just I end up taking a big break and okay. you know deciding not to not to go forward with that so well, I think you've learned that going your gut works for you so yeah. we'll just we'll just need to be patient totally I'll just need to be we'll just need <laughs> hopefully <wait>. one day <laughs> <laughs> and um do you have I mean I guess like picking your favorite child but do you have a favorite of your own work that oh god for whatever reason um Oh gosh, that's that's hard. I mean, if I had to if I had to pick a favorite, I would probably pick um the poem I've got called Skin Furiority, which was I think one of the ones that just really um I don't know, it sort of sealed something in me and I I wrote it actually when I was in um, Morocco. So that was one of the first places I actually went when I started traveling. Okay. And I I went to Morocco and just seeing the sort of colonialism the history of it there and how much it's still very much embedded into the culture and things like that it just it just sparked something in me and it's it's funny I hadn't actually performed that poem for a long time and then I performed it just recently at an event because just something was was telling me to and um and I sort of remembered like how much that poem used to mean to me yeah. and you know it's maybe as one of my my babies that I really cradle yeah, in, in a way totally. you know um just just for what it what it meant to me to express the sentiments that it upholds, mm. if that makes sense, about Absolutely. the image of a white god and colonialism and empire and racism and um yeah. So it was one I used to perform a lot and then I sort of retired it for a while. Okay. Um so yeah. if I had to pick one, I'd probably say that. But then yeah, it's hard it's hard to say. Of course, <laughs> of course. Just today. Just your favourite today. That that's for today. Yeah. <laughs> and on this on a similar thread, <laughs> I do and I have to say, I am uh, very sad that this conversation does have to come to an end at some point, but I have to let you actually go home. <laughs> totally. I'm not keeping Captain Rebecca. It's actually getting dark outside. It is, isn't it? <laughs> but I do ask everybody in the podcast, because it's called The Bra and the Brave, what is their favourite Scots word or phrase? And again, people go, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, just your, just your favourite today. 
<laughs> okay. Okay. So, so one of <laughs> this is the first one that's come to me, but I always thought it was really funny because my parents are English as well. So I didn't grow up with kind of Scots language around me. They both moved to Scotland when they were both about 14, okay. actually, funnily enough. But, right. Um, yeah, I didn't grow up with sort of Scots language around yes. me in that way. But I remember I used to have this friend and um, he would always say, give me the book. It gives me the book. And I just used to always find it so funny. It was just <laughs> such a like, I don't know, it wasn't a phrase I ever grew up hearing. And so when I was young, I used to be like, what on earth is that? <laughs> it gives me the book. So if I had to pick one, that would probably be it. <laughs> it's not the most glamorous, I'm afraid. Listen, but <laughs> but it, well, it sums up that, that feeling, that sensation perfectly. I feel so. totally it's a good one, it's a good one. <laughs> Courtney I honestly can't thank you enough for being here full stop for making the journey to come and talk to me and what you've shared with me um as I said previously whether this all lines up in the podcast episodes or not like I genuinely in this moment just want you to know that I'm so grateful and so thankful and um you're broad and brave oh and- thank you Oh, off the charts, <laughs> off the charts, and I know whatever you do next is just going to be awesome. So just keep being you, and yeah, just wish more joy, more success, whatever, whatever you need. I hope, I hope you get it. Oh, thank you so much, Lisa. It's been pleasure. amazing. I've loved this. Thank you so much, Yeah. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Brawn the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.